Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, your favorite sex experts, ready to talk anything sex, sexuality, relationships, or something kind of like tangentially related. <laughs> really, we'll just talk about anything at all, any question that you have. Um, how are you doing today, uh, Spring? That's a nice wallpaper in your room. I'm back at my parents' house for the weekend, and my mom actually forgot to come get me at the train station yesterday. <laughs> I, I thought I thought there was like this huge love of trains in your family that seems impossible. It is. And uh, we live 45 minutes from the train station, my parents do. And so they had put the train arrival in on the wrong day on their calendar. They thought I was coming Friday and I was coming Thursday. So um, when my mom went to check the time Thursday night for her thought was that she was checking to pick me up Friday. She saw, oh, wait, spring's about to arrive in a couple of minutes. <laughs> so what did you do with the 45 minutes at the train station? And in, in, does Gettysburg have a train station? No, it's in Harrisburg. So I was right. just uh, pretty much alone. It's a very empty station. No, like the store is not open anymore, I guess, because of COVID. So it was just like me sitting in an empty train station. It's a beautiful train station. But <laughs> yikes, I had a much better last few days. Well, like yesterday was my last day of class with my people, seniors, they're leaving me and it was all weepy and it was this big kumbaya, but there were no hugs or touches, but like it was crying. <laughs> uh, and then one of my favorite students, um, she knows I love Haitian food. And if you've never tried Haitian food out there, you need to get to it. It is fantastic. Um, but I'm having... She, her mom made me a giant bin of John John rice. It's like this black mushroom rice. It's fantastic. And pickles, which are Haitian pickles, and they're super spicy. There's scotch bonnet peppers in them. They're really sour. And um, I want to go home right now and eat some of that. Yay. Mm, that sounds amazing. It's going to be fun. And then tonight I have going to a Van Gogh exhibit. Like life is slowly sliding back into normalcy, which is good, right? Like we all need it. Like you getting left alone at a tray station, me having people bring me food and go to Arctic exhibitions. Like yeah, life is good. Cool. Same. Yeah. Great. Yeah, <laughs> but today to make up for all of spring's hardships, we are answering a question about I think probably her top two favorite topics. So, so, so what is our question for today? Spring guys. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm so excited. I don't even know what our question is. Something about HPV. I just know we're talking about HPV and HPV is my favorite sexually transmitted disease. HPV is one of my favorite topics of all time. Um, whenever people talk about HPV, whenever there's a joke about HPV on a movie, I freak out. I Yeah, I love HPV. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have been in a room whispering where someone will mention HPV. She will stop all conversation, turn to the person and say, I love HPV. <laughs> It is very different, <laughs> unique, special, and you can put air quotes around each of those words if you need to. No, but it's absolutely lovely. Um, and the question that came in today is, um, should boys or should men get their HPV vaccine? Um, and oh. I, think that's, I think that's an important question for us to get into. Um, and I mean, we're going to be talking about some of like the like, themes around it as well. But should boys get HPV vaccines? 
Oh, wait, sorry. I thought we had a real question today. The answer is yes. We're done. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. You can find us. No, um, but I think this question probably comes from a pretty serious place, right? Because HPV for, for a long time, like when Spring and I were actually in grad school together, like HPV was the vaccines for HPV were being sold as to prevent cervical cancer. Right. They actually called HPV vaccine the cervical cancer vaccine in a lot of places. So in Australia, that's how they marketed it. They talked about the cervical cancer vaccine. Um, and because cervical cancer rates were so high and HPV was causing so much cervical cancer, that's really where the concentration was. That's where we really needed to make a dent. And so we were talking about cervical cancer a lot, even though that's not the only thing that HPV causes or the only cancer that it causes. Yeah. So we need to take a step back for just one second. So we are excited to talk about HPV, but I'm not sure all the people listening with us today know exactly what it means or, or what it is, right? So HPV is human papillomavirus. Um, it's actually not one virus. I think it's somewhere between like three and 600 different kinds of it. Um, if you've ever had a wart, you've had HPV, but there's lots of different kinds of it. Um, and most of them only like one part of your body, like I'll infect your finger or I'll infect your foot or I'll infect your genitals, right? So um, HPV uh, is also the cause of things like genital warts, right? So, so HPV is a virus um, that can infect pretty much any part of your body, but there's really only a few strains that we're really concerned about. Um, so HPV vaccination, when we're talking about it, is a vaccine that offers essentially full protection against the strains that cause cervical cancer. Yeah. And when we're talking about these different types of um, HPV, it's the actual correct scientific term is type. It's not strain for HPV, which I always find hilarious because anytime I say type, people are like, oh, you mean strain? Like, let me, let me give you the scientific term. And I'm like, well, sometimes that's right. But for HPV, it's actually types. So we have all of these different types of HPV and some of them cause cancer and some of them don't. So the ones that cause cancer are the ones that we're most concerned about because the ones that cause genital warts, that's pretty easy to manage. So sure, you have to get the warts removed. Well, you don't have to. Um, you can get the warts removed. Um, but when we're talking about the types of HPV that cause cancer, those persistent infections, the infections that you get with one of those types that cause cancer, and if they stay around, they stay in your body, that's when they're called persistent, then that's when they lead to cancer. And then that's when we have a problem. So those are the types of HPV that we're really concerned about preventing. Most of the time for most people, when you contract a type of HPV, your body eventually, you know, kills it, gets rid of it, clears it, and you don't get it again. Like you or a family member or a friend, I'm sure has had a wart at some point and it went away and you didn't get it again, did not get it again, right? Your body clears it. The strains that we're really concerned about that Spring was mentioning are strains that are more likely to be persistent and more likely to cause cancer and not just cervical cancer, right? I think this is where the question for today comes in because we know that the vast majority of a whole bunch of cancers are caused by types of HPV, right? And those include cervical cancer, vaginal cancer, foreskin cancer, penile cancer, throat cancer, tongue cancer, mouth cancer, esophageal cancer, 
Like all of those kinds of cancers are really directly related to HPV infection. Um, and actually, we've done a pretty okay job. Pretty okay is probably too much praise. Um, <laughs> a pretty okay job at getting a lot of people vaccinated for HPV. We've done a good enough job in women that the in the United States, at least, the top kind of cancer caused by HPV is no longer cervical cancer in women. It's actually mouth and throat cancers in men. Right. So because we've had more women vaccinated, then that means that we are seeing a real decrease in cervical cancer because only women get cervical cancer. And this is really where this question about um, should people with cervixes and vaginas be getting the vaccine only, or should people with penises also be getting this vaccine, right? Because we were so concerned about cervical cancer, the push was for more female identified people. I want to say people with vaginas and cervixes, right? Right. Like trans men can also get yeah. cervical cancer. There's not a lot of research or data there, but there, like if they would, if, if, if a trans man would contract HPV, one of those four types, he would then be more likely to contract uh, or, or develop cervical cancer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So since we had so many, um, just to shorthand that, I'm just going to say women, but we're also talking about trans men or non-binary people that have those body parts. Um, so when we're talking about cervical cancer, we had this big push for so many women to get vaccinated and so many women got vaccinated that now we are seeing much lower rates of cervical cancer. And in Australia, where they have had enormous success in their school-based vaccination program and really getting so many people vaccinated, vaccinated against HPV, they have almost completely wiped out cervical cancer already. And so we're looking at these amazing scientific advances that we're seeing as a result of the HPV vaccine. And then as there's the decline happening in the cervical cancer, we're not seeing an increase so much in these other types of cancer, but they are now outnumbering the other rates because that we've seen such a decline in the cervical cancer. Yeah. So, um, I think it's really important for us to talk about like some of that history to help us understand what's going on now. The numbers really aren't exploding in men, but they've been pretty consistent. Um, but we need to take a short break. We'll keep talking about HPV vaccination in just a minute. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Welcome back. Today we are talking about spring's favorite or second favorite. Periods are her first favorite. I think HPV is probably her second favorite conversation. Um, and, we're, and the question we have today is like, uh, should men or should boys be vaccinated? For me, it's it's always this really weird situation. Like, right, I'm glad that women are getting vaccinated. And in parts of the world, a huge percentage of women are vaccinated. We'll talk about what it looks like in the United States in just a few minutes. Um, but why would you only vaccinate 50% of the people who could have it? Like men with penises can still be contracting it and spreading it around. It seems really short-sighted or short-dicked. I don't know, short-somethinged mm -hmm. um, to only vaccinate you know, part of the population. And it, like, like Spring said a few minutes ago, it is because at the beginning we had so many cases of cervical cancer and cervical cancer has a really high mortality rate. Women had were dying from it, like tens of thousands of women were dying from it a year. Um, 
But we've made some progress, right? And at the beginning of the episode, I said, you know, we've done a pretty okay job. So for 18 plus, I just I just pulled that up right here. Um, it, it looks like 50 to 60% of women are vaccinated. And it only looks like at about 20% of men who are 18 and up in the United States are vaccinated. So we've done, I mean, 50 to 60% of women, like that's, that's a, that, that's what I mean. When I said we're pretty okay, like, that's an okay amount. It, it would be nice if it was higher, but for men, that's a really low rate, um, especially for um, all of the different kinds of cancer that HPV can cause. But we do still have a long way to go. CDC recently changed guidelines recommending that people all the way up into their 40s get the vaccine, right? We talk about vaccines a lot on our show recently. Right. If there's a vaccine available, it's probably for you and you should probably get it. And the great thing about the HPV vaccine is that it prevents a whole bunch of different kinds of cancer. And most kinds of cancer caused by HPV, it takes a long time to get there. It's not just like you get HPV and then you have cancer. It's you could contract HPV at 15 or 16 and then you would develop cancer in your 30s or 40s. Right. So it's this really long term preventative window. But we're not doing a great job for people who are 18 plus. I think we're doing a slightly better job for people who are younger than that. Yeah. And the 13 to 17 year age group in the U.S., we're seeing about 50 percent. It's hovering around 50 percent for males and females. So in that age group, we are doing better. We are getting more males vaccinated as well. Um, and. I'm not really sure what's driving that. I can't really tell what is encouraging more people with younger um, adolescents to get vaccinated against HPV, but I'm happy to see that. And I think it is really important that we have both or all genders vaccinated against HPV because when we're looking at transmission, um, it is transmitted sexually and it's so easy to transmit sexually. So that's the thing about HPV is that it is... Um, so easy to transmit that people often get it from one of their first sexual partners. And um, because it is transmitted through skin to skin contact in the genitals, um, that means that a condom covering part of a penis or part of, you know, some body, even like dental dams, it's not covering all of that genital skin. And so that means that condoms are not fully effective against preventing the spread of HPV. And if we're talking about oral sex and we're doing oral sex without condoms, then that is another way that HPV is transmitted as well. So we see it's really easy to transmit and condoms are not preventing all of that. And so that's why it's so important to be vaccinated against HPV and for any gender person to get that vaccination. Right. And you want to get it early, but the, the, right. You're listening to us. You're 22 years old. You can still go get it. It's still indicated for anybody at all who wants it at this point. And the good thing is with the Affordable Care Act, the HPV vaccine is free for anybody who wants it if you have health insurance because it's considered prevention, right? Um, for me, HPV is not even about the HPV vaccine. It's not it's not even about a sexually transmitted disease, right? For me, it's about what can we do to protect people from cancer way down the line? Like it just it, I want to talk about all of the controversy surrounding it. I don't think we need to talk about that today unless you want to spring because that's where I kind of get all all, all freaked out. Like if you could take a vaccine that's a hundred percent safe, that prevents a whole bunch of kinds of cancers that all have really high mortality rates, like 
why would you not want that? Yeah. And I mean, the controversy that Andrew's talking about is that um, it's sexually transmitted. And so there are, you know, anything related to sex in our society and in a lot of societies is still taboo. And so people have this idea that um, maybe they shouldn't get this vaccination because that means they're having a lot of sex or that means that they are not protecting themselves when they're having sex or something like that, um, which is not true. And we know that this virus is so easily transmitted and preventing it is better than having to deal with any of the effects of it. And since cancer is one of the effects of HPV, yeah, we see a lot of people um, turning to that as the reason for getting it. And that that is the reason that the vaccine has been called the cervical, vac- cervical cancer vaccine so much because that gets people's buy-in pretty quickly. They're like, oh, I would like to prevent cancer. Let me get this vaccine for myself or for my adolescent. I've had conversations with parents before who are like, oh, I don't know if I want to get my daughter because then she'll have sex with people. I'm like, how many of you listeners out there when you were like 11 or 12 years old, like you go to the doctor and you get a shot and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to sleep with everything that move. That, that That's not that's not part of the conversation. And if you're a parent listening and you're afraid if you give your kid a vaccine and they'll have sex and that's more important to to you as a parent than your kid getting cancer, then you and I need to have some words. (laughs) And we do have research showing that that's not true. So because it was a concern for so long that um, parents were so worried that their adolescents might have sex after getting this vaccine, there were a lot of studies that were implemented where they actually tracked young people after they had the vaccine to determine were they likely to have sex earlier or to have more sex or to have more risky sex. And all of those studies unanimously showed that that was not true. So we have data to support that this is not a concern. Yeah, absolutely not a concern. Way more important to protect yourself and the people around you and, you know, your friends and your kids from cancer than, you know, make up some kind of superstitious myth, right? And it's really just that that myth started, you know, 20 plus years ago when the HPV vaccine came onto the market and I still hear it and I still see it and it still drives me crazy. Like you much more concerned about your kid dying of cancer than your kid maybe having sex. And we know that getting a vaccine does not increase their chances of having sex. So, all right. So get it. Yes. The answer to the question. Yes. If you're a boy, you should get HPV vaccine. If you're non-binary, you should get HPV vaccine. If you are a girl, you should get HPV vaccine. If you're man, woman, trans man, trans woman, any gender, any sex, any orientation, intersex, trans, otherwise, yes. The answer is 100% yes. You should go get it. And let's just talk about, um, so Andrew brought up that, you know, what if you're older? And I, I talked about like how easy it is to transmit and how people get it often so early. Yeah, you should definitely still get the vaccine if you haven't had it if you're older, because it's unlikely that you've had all the types that the vaccine protects against. And so um, there's a couple of different vaccines. Um, there's uh, vaccines that have two, four, or nine types of HPV um, included in the protection. And so getting one of those vaccines, you're definitely going to be protected against something that you weren't already protected against or that you didn't already have. So it is worthwhile to get the vaccine, even if you are a little bit older. Absolutely. All right. I don't have anything else. That was an easy question. It took us 20 minutes to get there, but 
Um, I mean, it was an easy question in that we know that like we know the science behind it. And Spring and I both want all of our listeners to have happy, healthy, safe sex lives. We don't want any of you to get cancer. And this is one of the easiest things that you can do to protect yourself and other people. All right. Do you have a tip for today, Spring? Just just the tip, perhaps? Just the tip. Um, I would say talk to your friends about HPV vaccine, maybe. Um, I think, you know, I've had a lot of friends that I've talked to about it over the years because I love HPV. And <laughs> whenever I talk about HPV vaccine, so many people are um, astonished to realize that they can still get it, even though they're over the age of 26. Like a lot of people heard originally that it was up to age 26 um, or that it was being like pushed for that age group. And so people that were already over the age of 26 when it came out um, or didn't hear about it, you know, um, that early are have kind of put it in their heads that they can't get the vaccine and that it wouldn't be valuable to them. Um, and that's not true. So I think, you know, um, asking your friends if they've been vaccinated um, and talking about that is a great idea. And now like 45, I think is like the the limit for it now. And it's not even a hard limit. Um, I actually got my vaccine spring when we were in grad school together and it was not allowed for men yet. And I told my doctor, I'm like, we both know that this is going to be okay for men. And I absolutely want it. And I got it. And it was great. Um, yeah. So get, get your vaccine. I don't really have a tip other than like talk to people like Spring said and, and get vaccinated. And if you aren't, if you don't, if you're not sure if you're vaccinated, ask or, or get some medical records because it's always better to be vaccinated against HPV than deal with the consequences, whether it's genital warts or cancer or, you know, potentially spreading it to someone that you care about. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, today. Uh, if you have any questions about this show, any follow-up questions, or any other questions about sexuality, sexual health, relationships, really anything at all, Spring and I would love to have a conversation with you about it. You can send us your questions uh, with email. We're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's uh, W-R-A-P, uh, rap with a W. You can uh, call us at 413-A-RAPID, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a safe day. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid. Music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.